Welcome to Some Good Tea, where we drink some tea and we share some tea. I'm your host, Katie, and we are celebrating NaNoWriMo this month. This week, we're sharing tea with my good friend, Miranda, and discussing her experience as a newly published author. Let's jump into the episode. Hi, Miranda. She's back again to join us for our November episodes. I'm so excited. This whole, I mean, fall is great, and then you have November, and then you have Christmas, and it's just a great time of year. Um, Everybody who listens to my podcast now knows I freaking love Halloween, (laughs) but the thing that comes after Halloween is great, too, and it's Novel Writing November. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. The tea that we're enjoying today is by Jasmine Dragon Dehydrated Potions, and it's called Little Soldier Boy. Which I take a mild offense to, if only because it makes me sad, but. <laughs> I, I think it's great. I think it's a really clever name. Um, it's it, This is a mint chocolate tea. Um, it's uh, locally sourced. And uh, the creator was going for basically a thin mint. Yeah, I'm definitely getting that. Yeah, yeah. I I was super stoked. Miranda was she's she's familiar with tea, and so I didn't have to be like, okay, here here's like the the best of the best of the best. We could have some fun with some <laughs> new teas that I've gotten and I've been dying to have. And so when she was like, yeah, why don't you just surprise me? I was like, oh snap, <laughs> we're gonna do a little soldier boy. It's still really warm, but... It is. I feel like that works really well, though. It's like... Yeah. It's almost like thin mint hot chocolate. Exactly. Except without, like, the... Without the thickness? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the... I don't want to say gooiness. But no, hot chocolate does kind of have a gooey-ish sort of nature. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because... So, because I love... I love chocolate, right? right? Chocolate's great. Hot chocolate, wonderful. The problem I've always had with hot chocolate is so sugary. Mm. It is so, so sugary. Um, and, like, I've had, uh, uh, like, cacao beans where you, like, roast them and mm. almost, like, steep them like, like, you brew them like coffee. Yeah. Super great. If you love your dark chocolate, that's the mm. way to go for sure. But, like, hot chocolate's kind of a staple and I got into drinking tea because I would drink a lot of hot chocolate in the wintertime because I was cold. Yeah. 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 Like, not not because I was like, ooh, hot chocolate. You know? Right. Like, you can drink hot chocolate and be like, ooh, hot chocolate. Like, this is a dessert. Right. You know? But I was drinking large quantities of hot chocolate because it was just a little popsicle mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> and so then I started kind of branching out and discovered the world of tea and I love it because it can be any flavor. Mm-hmm. It can be any sweetness. It can be hot. It can be cold. Anything. You can yeah. put milk in it, creamer, whipped cream. Mm. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that might be offensive to some of you, but I put whipped cream in some of my teas. <laughs> Ooh, careful. Sorry. Anyway, we're enjoying mm-hmm. Little Soldier Boy, and our topic for today, in line with Novel Writing November... We're going to be talking about books. <laughs> that, I think, is one of the most gremlin-sounding noises I've ever made in my life. <laughs> I was very cute, though. <laughs> um, as per usual, there's 20 possible questions we could ask. We've got our 20-sided dice. I brought my glass 
dice today. Mm. They're so pretty. I love they them. They shiny. Uh, would you like to go first? Heck yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's a nine. Nine. Okay. Oh, this is this is great. This is a good like starter question. Mm-hmm. Hardcover, paperback. Does it matter? Why would you choose one over the other or both? Do you do both? That is a good question. Mm-hmm. The general answer is I don't care. Books are books are books. Right. Yep. Um, I know it's. I feel like I have to be more careful with paperbacks because they just can get ruined so they easily. They are delicate little they flowers. They are very delicate. Yeah. And then on the other hand, with a hardcover, you've got like the the dust jacket that yes just get destroyed as well. Uh, yes. So. I know. It that that's a different. I I've never thought about which I preferred. Yeah. Um, like okay, you have budget's not an issue, right? Mm-hmm. You have a a book you've been wanting to get. It's the first one mm-hmm. or whatever, so you don't have to be like, oh, I gotta get it so that it matches the others, right? Because right? there's that thing too. That yep. Right. So you're getting this book, and there's the hardcover copy, and then there's the paperback copy. Which has the prettier cover art. Okay. <laughs> um, That's a pretty solid answer. What if they're both really pretty? They're both really pretty. Or fairly similar. Or similar. I think I'd nine times out of ten go for the paperback. Okay. Any particular reason? Like it's going to get destroyed anyway? They're and... easier to fit on the shelf. Okay. And I have limited shelf space. <laughs> It's very, it's very practical. It's very, very practical. I have um, never gotten a solid answer for myself with this question because um, it typically depends on is it a book that I'm getting in a series that I already have because Mm -hmm. then it needs to match. Yeah. But I do really like having hardcover. Like I really like the way the hardcover looks on the Mm -hmm. shelf. One of my favorite things to do actually is to take the dust jackets off and see That's the like fun. Yeah. the naked just blank <laughs> color with the names. It just looks so sleek. And then of course some of them have like the little easter eggs when you take off the dust jacket. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. It's like your book has clothes and so you can decide, "Oh, this is what I want it to look like today." Mm-hmm. Or if you're taking it somewhere and you don't want the dust jacket to have a problem or you just take it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but the book that you beat up, you you kind of want it to be a paperback. Because if you're going to drag it around with you and go places and do things, you kind of want it to be like, well, it's a paperback, you know. Yeah. But there are paperbacks that I have that I got because they had better cover art mm-hmm. than the hardbacks, which, I, I don't know. That's a tough... I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Oh, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I will say, I do not have the patience to nine times out of ten, I don't have the patience to wait. If it's out in hardcover and the rest of the books I have are <gasps> paperback, no, I I get the hardcover because I'm an impatient. They child. don't match. They don't match, and oh. I know that. But if I really, really like it, I will get a matching set. That's fair. Like yeah. I, I'll keep the paperbacks or the the first edition as like my lending copies. That's that's smart. Oh, thank you. That's really smart. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do it. Cause then, and that's the other thing too, is that you don't want to ever go and buy like a whole new series 
from an author that you've never read before. Exactly. And get these real pretty, like, full, complete sets and then be like, oh, no. I hate this. I hate this. <laughs> and then you have this, you know, beautiful set of books that you're, every time you look at it, you're like, ugh. Yeah. Like, every time. So it's kind of important to, like, dip your feet in the water a little bit and make sure that it's okay. You can do that with paperback real easy. That's true. Mm. That's very true. Unless the paperback's not out and you're like, I have to. <laughs> Well, I said so, generally, if I do that, it's a series that I've been waiting on the new book for. Yeah. Uh, did not wait with uh, the, the Way of Kings series. Mm-hmm. No. 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 That's first right. two, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's a sin, but it's forgivable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take it. Hmm. That was a really good first question. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What I will get 15. This actually ties in really well. Covers can do a lot for a book. Mm-hmm. What is a really good cover you've encountered? Why do you like it so much? Et cetera, et cetera. I can think of a lot of good covers. Like, you know, there's this saying, oh, don't judge a book by its cover. But the cover's super important. Yeah. The cover is super, super important. Um, it's the first thing that your audience is going to see. Right? Mm-hmm. If they're in a bookstore or online, like your cover is the thing that they see that draws them to potentially click in reading and getting interested. So like your cover is super, super important. Mm -hmm. And like it will also help determine if I buy the hard cover or the soft cover or both. Right. So it's (laughs) super important. And there was, oh shoot, this was at like a. I think this was a TED talk that I watched like a million years ago. Mm-hmm. And this uh, cover artist was talking about like the psychology of cover design. Ooh. Yeah, it was fascinating. Huh. Yeah, I think it was a TED talk. It was a while ago. Yeah. I'd have to go yeah. digging around. It was fascinating. It was so good. Um, and they had several examples of like really good covers mm-hmm. and like how they tied into the book and that type of thing. And then like really trashy covers and uh-huh. stuff. And like, I'll never forget like the, the cover that they had for this book. It was a, it was like a nonfiction book, mm-hmm. but the cover was done like so fast. Like it was such a fascinating take on how the cover worked for the hardback. Um, I forget what the, the book was specifically about, but it had something to do with like a girl that was struggling with multiple personality disorder and how that was, you know, affecting like day to day Mm -hmm. life and education and job and everything. And the cover would literally come apart in two pieces. Like the, the sleeve. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And it was such a good, like that is so cool. Like who, the person who did that cover art, read that book, knew what it was talking about Mm -hmm. and knew exactly like, this is the message that needs to be sent by a cover. Mm -hmm. Like that, I don't own that book. I wish I would have bought it just so I could have the the cover. cover. (laughs) (laughs) Just so I could have the cover. Because it was so well made. It was so well thought out. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'd never thought of covers like that before. Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of like see it as like the pretty picture of the scene or whatever. Or, like, the cool lettering and things like that. And that's all important, too. Like, if it's garbage art, then, like, I'm not going to want to read it. Right. But, like, cover art that gets down into the psychology of the book and how people are going to see it and the message that it's sending mm-hmm. and, like, the underlying tones. Like, mm, nom, 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 nom. 
best ever. Don't own it. Want it. Mm-hmm. I would recommend it if I remembered the name. <laughs> that's my bad. But this was this was a while ago. But that's probably the best um, cover I've ever encountered. I kind of I just want to see like how that would work. It would like slide like one. You know how the paper would like unfold and slide. Yeah. So it'll unfold, and then one piece would slide, and the other piece would slide. I don't know how else to like. It was almost like a. Like a like an origami situation. Yeah, yeah. And it was two-toned, so it was black and white. And oh. then kind of the white was see-through, so it would do like a oh, single face. Yeah. A single, like, it was almost like a silhouette mm-hmm. face. And then you'd slide it apart and it would be two different faces. Like, oh. Oh, it was so cool. It was so cool. Very simple, Mm -hmm. right? Like the art itself was extremely simple, like silhouette Mm -hmm. art, but just beautiful. Like so good. So good. Like just hit it right on the head. Like that was, that was the perfect cover for that book. Mm -hmm. And maybe the book is trash. And I don't know, because I never bought it, didn't read it. But but the cover cover is so intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. It draws you in. Like, I'm not, too, like, I've read a decent amount of nonfiction. It's not usually my go-to genre. Right. But, like, if I were just, like, perusing and I saw a book with a cover that did that. Right? Yes. Right? Absolutely. I don't know what this is or what it's about, but yes. It convinces you to give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big thing with the cover art, right? It's mm-hmm. part of the point. Um, but just capturing that underlying message, like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that one. I mean, the so I'm a huge Sanderson fan, mm-hmm. and I got the secret novels, obviously. Obviously. And um, I remember when Tress first came out, and mm-hmm. of course, because it was a Kickstarter project, and they were trying to reward, they went all in. Oh yeah. On these, uh, these designs and the books, and just. I remember opening that book, mm-hmm. or opening the box that the book was in, and it was the most beautiful book I had ever owned in my life. <laughs> so I picked up the book, like I, I got the book because yeah. I trust the author to tell a good story. But like, yeah, I, I remember I was sitting there in my chair with the book next to me because I couldn't start it yet because I was just so enthralled. You're with just how too enamored with how pretty it, it is. Yeah, and Aww. uh, yeah, I. There, there is something, I think, about cover art that invites you into the world in a way yeah. other things don't. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very excited to enter that world because it made me feel special. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. It's, it can be really, really influential. So, yeah. you know, we might tell people not to, but we constantly judge books by their covers. See, here's, here's the thing. Constantly. It's a metaphor about judging other people. Yeah. When when you look at it literally, like, go ahead and judge the book by itself. You cover. probably should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it, it shows the level of care that went into the book's creation. Yeah. And that's a lot. Like, it's yeah. a huge process, but the cover is a big, big, big part of that. Mm-hmm. Do you like to roll the dice? Absolutely. Look at that. Okay. I'm really curious about this for you. Are you 
a series person, like trilogy? Do you like little bitty novellas, short stories? What's the best length of story for you? The bigger, the better. Okay. <laughs> I, I love doorstoppers. Mm. I... I, I, if I like the world that I'm in, you don't want to leave. I want to stay in there. I did not finish the Chronicles of Fredane mm-hmm. for ten years. Ten years because I loved the world so much. I didn't want it to end. Aww. So I, I finally finished it last year. Oh my and gosh! It was delightful. It was a beautiful ending. Yeah. But like I couldn't bring myself to leave the world behind. So see that, yeah. The longer the book, the better. The happier Just I am. Wanted to go on and on and on and mm-hmm. on and on and on and on and on. Which is funny, as far as my writing goes, because uh, up until last year, I struggled to get anywhere past fifty thousand. Oh really? Yeah. Oh shoot. Yeah. So you are more. Com- why is it? Are you more comfortable writing short story stuff, or is it just that's how this, they come out? Like it's I want to get the story down Mm -hmm. and I don't take as much time as I should with descriptions and breathing. Okay. It, I, it's, it's a skill I've had to learn. Like a go, go, go kind of thing. It's, I, I was the kid in school that like on a test, they'd be like, they give you three lines to answer a question and I'd answer with one word. Oh no. I, I like to be concise. You're just very direct. I like to be direct. (laughs) Direct and clear. yeah. It's a skill I've had to develop <clears throat> with writing to um, sit in the moment and just enjoy the moment. Interesting. Interesting. I would have not thought that about you. I have <laughs> the exact opposite. This is kind of a tangent, but my podcast is essentially one big tangent, so <laughs> don't snort your tea. Um, I have the exact opposite problem where I can, what well, mm, I cannot shut up. <laughs> I can't shut up on paper. I can't shut up in person. I can't shut up in my writing. It just keeps going. It just happens. It's a problem. Like I, I've only ever taken one, um, like creative writing class one time. It was so fun. I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. I just didn't have time with what my actual major was. Yeah. Which is a bummer, but it was for fun. And, uh, our, big assignment for the semester was to do a short story and I struggled not to write a novel. Yep. It was a problem. It's still a problem. Like I want to be like, yeah, here's a a story that is a thousand words exactly like boom, tiny. I can't. I like, doesn't even have to be like creative writing, like essays, Mm -hmm. any kind of presentation. I like, freaking PowerPoints, my notes will be 12 pages long. <laughs> right? It's a problem. <laughs> it's really bad. I mean, I enjoy the things you say. Hmm. Thank you. So then I guess a follow-up question for you. Mm-hmm. How have you learned to go from like this very direct, straightforward, limited style of writing mm-hmm. where you're just keeping it very concise? How have you learned to like fill that out? So this is a weird answer. That's fine. I grew up loving the book Watership Down. <gasps> it's so I good. I love Watership Down. But the movies, like every adaptation of it. Horror movies. Horrifying. Okay, but okay, okay, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Have you seen the Netflix adaptation? I have, and I did not care for it. You did? I did not care for it. Oh, my And gosh. the issue that I have with every adaptation of it is that 
Well, it is shorter. Well, it's shorter, but also it's shorter because they cut out all the joy. Half That's the beauty true. of the novel is you, you get these beautiful scenes of the characters just talking with each other in the grass or playing with each other or mm-hmm. building something beautiful or telling a story. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that Netflix adaptation and realized why I hated it so much, that was kind of the, the moment I had to look at myself and be like, okay, so you want to, like, it, it is important to a story to see these beautiful moments. Why not let your characters sit like, in them? Sit and look around at the scenery. Exactly. And, like, have a little conversation with your little exactly. bunny friends as you're yeah. on your little bunny adventure. Give some moments to let the characters be happy instead of just terrible, terrible sad all the time. Action, action, action. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Exactly. And pacing is a huge thing, mm-hmm. right? But, like, yeah, right? Yeah, like, you I think like... about the, the books and stories that you love. I, that's huge. Yeah. You always have to have that, that moment with... Sam and Gollum in the garden mm-hmm. making stew. Yes. Oh, could you imagine if it wasn't there? It would be so be sad. All the memes that would suffer. <laughs> <laughs> what would we do without potatoes? <laughs> right? Huh. So, so is that when you had that like conscious moment? How did you yeah, then like that was, actualize? That was the moment I like I it was a paradigm shift. I just mm. realized, oh, this is why I struggle with some of my... This is something I struggle with when mm-hmm. I write. And honestly, it's just been having to um, kind of take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly when I'm outlining. I haven't mm. really done an outline until this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I just... Growing up, I was like, I don't need a plan. And you honestly, start from with, the beginning and you go to the <laughs> end. With some of the books I've written, they resisted the outline. Mm-hmm. And they changed on me constantly. So I just was like, well, outlines are garbage. I'm throwing them out the window. Well, <laughs> and you know. It wasn't until about this time last year I was like, okay, let's try this again. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm outlining, I do try to make sure I'm giving space for human moments Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that terminology a lot better because um especially with all the like academic writing and stuff that I would do Mm -hmm. I tend to call like like those those moments the like descriptors the details things you don't necessarily need for plot movement but Mm -hmm. that you need for like scene setting yeah fluff (laughs) it's it's fluff Mm -hmm. but like Without the fluff, the little teddy bear is all sad and flat. Right. You know? It's, yeah. I like that analogy. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like, I'll, I'll refer to, like, my, my outline is, and this, like, gives away my training and how my brain works. My outline is my skeleton. Exactly. Right? Exactly. There, it's, it's, it's the bullet points. It's the, like, chapter headings or however you want to do it. But it's mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a skeleton. And... Then you have like your main scenes, your main points, but then you get to fill it all in mm-hmm. with the muscles and the nerves <laughs> and the organs, and then it becomes a living thing and it crawls off, and you wonder what the heck you just created. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I I kind of would always, especially when it's not creative writing, mm-hmm. um, would we kind of always look down on the fluff. 
because there was so much pressure of like you need this word count you can't right. have it longer or shorter mm-hmm. like you need to have this and so you would either use the fluff to give you mm-hmm. more words or you would clean out the fluff to give you less mm-hmm. and you know clean it up but academic writing is so different is so yeah. so different and i also i feel like there is a sense in kind of media critiquing mm-hmm. that well we just want the action. We want the action. We want the action. Oh my gosh! And yeah, it's very annoying to me. It's, but um, yes, I, I know. There's, there's just I feel like there, there's it, it's going to sound very weird, but like the 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 idea that your characters are not allowed to be human, mm. where yeah. oh why didn't this character make this exact logical decision? Because that's not what the character would do, yeah. and I. That's one of the things I love about Voldemort as a character. Ooh. He should have thrown Harry out the window as a baby. He would have made life so much easier. But yeah. it is such a huge part of Voldemort's character that he was magic sticking to what... has to be yeah. supreme yeah. over everything. He cannot do things the muggle way. Yeah. And it is a massive character flaw. He had to send the message always constantly. Exactly. He was being true to his beliefs, his exactly. core beliefs. Like. Should he have just brought a gun to a wand fight? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But he's never going <laughs> but to he do won't. that because that would betray his entire yeah. ideology. Exactly. And I, I I feel like there has been some of that lost recently. Mm, yeah. And so I, I I like giving characters a moment to be themselves. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. It's it's important. It's mm-hmm. important because why why do we tell stories? Why do we write? Why do we exactly. read books? It's to connect with people, places, mm-hmm. circumstances in, in ways that we never would be able to otherwise. Exactly. To put ourselves in people's place. To be able to think differently. To see the world differently. And so in order to do that, we need to be able to connect with these people mm-hmm. who aren't real. Exactly. So we have to have a bridge to get there. Right? They have mm-hmm. to act like people would act in those exactly. situations. Mm-hmm. They have to be approachable, whether they're the good guy, the bad guy, mm-hmm. the supporting characters. It doesn't really matter. Like, if you want your audience to feel feelings about your writing, exactly. then it needs to be breathing. It needs to be alive. Like, mm-hmm. Watership Down is a classic, right? Mm-hmm. And it'll everybody always talks about how brilliant it is. And it is because it's a story about bunnies. Rabbits. <laughs> that like relocate yeah like that's it <laughs> like that's that's it yeah. and like bunnies are cute and stuff and it's treated as a children's story but that is an adult story so grown up. with some very adult like themes and tones and messages mm-hmm. and the reason why you can feel real feelings about these little rabbits on their little adventure is because they act like people would mm-hmm. in these dire circumstances if your home was destroyed mm-hmm. and there was this grave danger and you and your friends were the only survivors. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why you care about that story is because those at- rabbits act like people. Mm-hmm. And and so we can feel feelings about them. Yeah. You give me chills, by the way. Oh, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Watership Down. Mm-hmm. I really, really love Watership Down. Um... There's, I, uh, 
we we might get into this. We're already on a tangent, <laughs> but there's there's quite a few like books that we were either required to read or you know had to read for program or mm-hmm. like for the summer or for school or whatever. Watership Down is one that it's like yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. You know, I was never required to read that for school. It was a book <gasps> my mother gave me because oh, she loved it. That's great. Yeah. Good job, mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there's been some books that I was required to read that I'm sure a lot of you were also required <laughs> to read that you kind of sit there and you're like so this is a classic I see <laughs> interesting I didn't know we were in the 1800s anymore <laughs> yeah and I don't like no shame right but like I think it would be good for us to reevaluate what I makes agree. a classic I agree what really makes a classic. But anyway, mm-hmm. Watership Down, beautiful example of how to write, how to tell stories, mm-hmm. and also just a very good story. Just such a good just story. a very rich, good story about bunnies. About rabbits. About <laughs> little bunnies. And, like, I really liked the Netflix adoration because mm-hmm. it was the only one that wasn't just, like, a horror show. That like, is fair. <laughs> those other, there are some other cartoons out there that are, like, my gosh, I don't know what the animators were doing. No, no hate, no shade, but like, dang, guys. Right. Calm down. Calm down. We don't need an R-rated cartoon about rabbits being murdered. Right. All right. Uh, so anyway, I I actually really really liked the the Netflix one, but That's it does fair. it That's does fair. skip through a lot of details, right? And like mm-hmm. any TV show, any movie from a book, right. it's never gonna be as good as the book. Right. 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 There'll always be things missing. Oh my gosh, holes. <laughs> oh, I could go on about that book. I freaking oh. love that book. Love that movie. The I, soundtrack is amazing. I finally added the book to my library. <gasps> oh, it's such a good book. I'm so happy. It's such a great book. I remember reading that when I was like really young and just being enamored by right? it. And being so bummed. Okay, peaches, great. Onions, not. Okay? Have you ever <laughs> bitten into an oh, onion? It is a nasty time. <laughs> it's a bad time. That book will make you think like onions are the thing. They are not nope. the thing. Okay. <laughs> they, they are not the thing. Can I ask, how old were you when you decided to bite into a raw onion? I didn't. I convinced my brothers to. <laughs> <laughs> so you went about it the smart way. I'm not dumb. <laughs> I've never been dumb. Okay, I'll I'll play D and D characters that are dumb. I'll write about people who are dumb. I'll observe all the other dumb humans. I will not bite into a raw onion. I you can smell that. Like you know it's bad. And like they're good on like you know in things right. on things. I love onions. The right onion, the right combo. It's like mm. Mm, great. But you never have like a slice of like a purple onion in your salad that you're like you know what this would be great if this was all I right was eating. Like, <laughs> But that book will make you believe in onions. Like, you've <laughs> never believed in onions before. <laughs> I remember watching the movie and just being like, I wish onions tasted as good as they make them look. I know, like, right? They look like they taste so good. They don't. No. They don't. They're good in things and on things, but mm-hmm. not just like an not apple. Straight. Just like, ugh. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, that was great. That was a tangent and a half. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to roll the dice again? I think it's your turn. Is it my turn? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. We'll do that. I haven't talked enough. 
Is that a six? We have not done six. Look at this. Bouncing back and forth. Oh. This is kind of an interesting question. Okay. We all know a good start to a book is absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. A solid ending is also very important, mm -hmm. right? But what about the middle? Is there a book you know of that really rocks that middle ground? Ooh. Yeah. I, mm, I'm going to have to think about this. Really rocking the middle ground. Um, honestly... Like the very first one that comes to mind, and this is just a good book all the way through. Mm -hmm. um, there And there was a movie that was made of this. I haven't watched it because it's really sad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really sad. It's a very much a feel all the feelings book mm -hmm. and movie. Um, and uh, a roommate and I listened to this book on a road trip. Like a very long road trip. Uh -huh. Okay. It was like a there and back again, and we were listening to it both ways. Um, and it's called A Man Named Ove. And it is just a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. An absolutely beautiful story about this little old man. Um, and uh, like a very unassuming kind of book. Like she had heard really good reviews about it. And got it on her Audible, and we had this long road trip, and so I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and the beginning was kind of, like, predictable, and the ending just kind of gouges out your heart a little bit. But the reason why it does is because the middle of the building of this character and who he is and learning about his life mm. and where he was and where he's at now and just connecting with him... Oh my gosh. Like, I just love that little old man. I just love that little old man. And like, I would have never, uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm not huge into nonfiction. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly, like I'll pretty much read anything, Right. but I have my kind of go-tos mm -hmm. of like, I know I'll probably like this genre or whatever. And I didn't pick this book, but I love that book. And it's, because of that human connection, uh -huh, uh -huh. right, that we kind of talked about. Um, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful story. Um, will make you cry, like, multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make you cry. Same thing with the, the movie. I have not watched it because I know. Because mm -hmm. I already know. And as much as I would love to, like, just kind of pay them for doing a good job and doing good art, mm -hmm. um, I don't want to watch it because it, I it's it's sad. Mm -hmm. it's it's a sad it's well it's a happy sad right 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 it's a happy sad you know with how things end up for him and for his family and his neighbors and like kind of the relationship that all gets built is like oh but oh man they just get you to care about this little old unassuming man and it's just like gosh dang it and it's because it has that middle ground they really knew how to build that character connection mm -hmm. um yeah, that's that's the one that immediately comes to mind for me. I don't know if you... I've, yeah. I've never heard of it before. Man Name Ove. Uh, it's great. I highly recommend it. Anybody who hasn't read it, you should. Okay. Um, it's one of those, like, it's going to make you feel feelings. Uh-huh. You're going to feel connected to this person that's not real. Um, and it's great. It's just a really beautiful story. And if you're wanting to learn how to write 
a character mm-hmm. that someone will care a lot about without there really being a lot of action or mm-hmm. adventure or anything. Just a person living their life. You want to learn how to write that kind of character? Read this book. Okay. Because, like, it's not an action-adventure anything, right? right? <laughs> there's there's definitely some, some scenes and points throughout his, like, history that kind of get retold mm-hmm. that are like, ooh, wow. But it's not, like, your typical, like, action right story right it's just you connecting with this human that's not real Mm -hmm. and so if you want to learn how to write a really good solid relatable person that you can make your readers cry about (laughs) this is the book to read (laughs) good to know Uh that is that is the book to read deeply different by the way it's really nice it's really really nice they have some absolutely wonderful loose leaf teas um and like I said, I was super excited to be able to do this one. Um, I love mint tea. I love mm-hmm. chocolate tea. And I've always wondered, like, what if I brew this together? This is that. And I don't have to mix it myself. They got it really <laughs> well. I think we have time for maybe one more question and another ensuing tangent, as I'm sure <laughs> will happen. <laughs> All right. So if you would like to roll dice. Uh, that's an 11. 11. Man, we've been hanging out just right in the middle. Right so in the middle cozy. <gasps> Uh-oh. Buckle up. Okay. Do you mm-hmm. dog ear or fold pages? No. Or right in the margins? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I will not dog ear a book ever. It annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> Why would you crease? What? <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Why would you crease the page of a book there are bookmarks. There are there are so many other options. Why are you intentionally damaging a book to mark your place of all things? You are going to not need that dog ear in a day. Why would you do it? Clearly, I have strong feelings on this. I was really, really hoping for that exact reaction from anybody that got this question. Um, because I feel the same, but I want to play devil's advocate, like, so bad. Okay. Right? Because, like, what if I don't have a bookmark? It's so easy to just fold Then it. remember the number. <laughs> remember the page it's number. So easy it's to not just, that it's hard. It's so easy to just, just fold it. Just no. fold it. And then you know exactly where you've been. No. Nope. Where you are. Okay, that works for one time through. And then okay. if you want to reread the book... You don't leave it folded. You know, you unfold it and then there's like a little line, but yeah, that's fine. No, it's not. I I do not What about if you just take the, like a couple of pages and like curl them in? Guys, if you could see her face. (laughs) No. It works. It doesn't have a big old crease. Here's the thing. I do not mind a book that looks well-loved. I don't even mind if you like get a little teeny insignificant amount of like if you're you know eating chocolate and you get a little bit smeared on like Mm -hmm. the edge of the page it it shows you had a life and you were enjoying the book food happens why are you intentionally damaging a book (laughs) (laughs) okay okay what if it's like right the hard hard covers right they got that nice little like cover jacket Uh uh-huh you can unfold it and just like stick it i will admit i have done that have you done that i I did that like all through my high school years with my hardcovers and it just, 
It will wreck that. It wrecks it. I don't sleeve. like it. It's it it's frustrating so to what, me. What am I supposed to do if I don't have a bookmark? You don't have a bookmark. Do you I leave think... it face down? Like fully open and break the coming, spine? If you are coming back in five minutes, sure. Okay. <laughs> That's acceptable. <laughs> if you are putting it down long enough to find a scrap of paper <laughs> you can put in the book, like you don't have a receipt lying around, oh you gosh. can find a paper towel, oh my gosh. something other than snap crease. Like, no! Okay. Yeah, no, I have very strong, you know what? Other small forms, uh, again, the, the unfolding of the dust jacket and everything, like, it, it works. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, because, like, I feel like the dust jacket is there to get wrecked a little bit in service. That of is kind of why it's, it, yeah, dust so, jackets are a dust jacket, right. right, to keep the dust off of the actual so, book. It bothers me less. Okay. But there is something about dog earring a a, a book it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me and it's again intentionally destroying something that you don't want to I don't know maybe other people don't care about these books but like if I'm if I bought this book mm-hmm. it means I like it and I want to keep it yeah and I want to go back to it yeah why would I wreck it okay <laughs> that being said, yeah. if I have multiple copies of a book, I don't mind scribbling in the margins. Okay, yeah. Again, I... that gives it the, the sense of it being well-loved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've, I've purposefully bought, like, a second, like, paperback copy of mm-hmm. a book to write in the margins and do, uh-huh. my, do my thing. Exactly. Um, I don't dog ear, but it's not because I feel as strongly about it as you do. <laughs> But it's because it's like, just stick a thing, you know? Like, whatever. Right. It is not hard to look around and find something you can... I've used pieces of mail before. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever even... I've never even dog-eared a textbook. But that was usually, like, the goal was always to, like, sell the textbook back. Exactly. You don't want to damage anything. Yeah, and they're like, if if it's damaged and whatever, we're only going to pay you $4 for this $300 textbook anyway. Uh, and so it was just like, well, I guess I'm going to wrap this in cellophane and never open it. Um, but yeah, I, I never even dog-eared my textbooks. Like, And some of them I kept. Some of them I kept for a while because it was like, okay, this is going to be right. useful. Like, yeah, some of them were useful for multiple classes, multiple years. And so I kept them. Um, still wouldn't dog-ear. The ones that I kept, I have like... You know, you can look back and see there's notes and things. Some of them I right. would take to lecture or whatever. But would never, ever dog ear. Definitely have, like, taken a grouping of, like, four or five pages to, like, fold over. To, like, mark multiple places. In textbooks. In textbooks only. But yeah. never, uh, never a, like, uh, a casual book. Right. Yeah. Like, if I have spent money on this thing for my enjoyment. I want it, it wants to, to be last. pretty. So, okay then. There's some pretty cool YouTube videos of people like folding book pages into art. Mm-hmm. Because that was that book was specifically bought for that purpose. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it like mm-hmm. they they bought it specifically because they wanted to make pretty art. And as long as it's not like a super rare book that, like, you oh are gosh. never going to find ever that again. That would be sad. Like, that would be super sad. Like, I love Harry Potter. Yeah. 
those books you can find anywhere. Yeah. And so I like if if you're gonna buy a Harry Potter book to cut it up and make art with it, go for it. There are a dozen more copies at the bookstore. So many, so many. Yeah. That's fair. All right. I knew this. I knew this would be controversial, and I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to know, and now we know how Miranda feels about you, dog ear people out there. <laughs> how dare you! <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. Well, this has been really good. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't like caught on, uh, Miranda's <laughs> an author. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. Miranda's an author. Yeah. I, I've had the privilege of reading, uh, of beta reading for you one time mm. and was really, 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 really bad about getting you your notes back. <laughs> Honestly, no, you, uh, I, when I get, uh, when I give out a beta read, I expect to get like two to three people to respond and you were one of the people that responded. So I did respond. You. I did respond. Uh, I, I take it as a, an honor and a privilege to beta read or edit or anything for Thank anybody you. ever. Um, so I do try to make sure that I do it within a time frame, but I'm also dead all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there's that. But, um, yeah, Miranda has some, some really fun writing that she's been working on, been doing, been getting ready to publish. Been published. Yeah. yeah at this point. At the end of October. Mid-October, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say that was yesterday. Yeah. So as, as of <laughs> recording this episode, that was yesterday. Uh, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. She sent out pictures, uh, to our like group of friends of, of your first copy, like oh. your first physical copy. I'm so excited. I love that thing. Like it, it's not even like the pretty copy. It's the proof copy yeah. with like the bar across it that says not for resale and everything, but I'm still like, I have it and it's lovely. And I'm so excited. You wrote the whole thing. I did. That's so cool. That's so cool. Do you want to talk just a little bit about what that experience was like? Like how you went about going from a draft to being published? Um, it was a lot of crash course. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, uh, when I decided to self-publish, I did not... I, I was hoping there was a way to like plug the draft in and get like a, 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 an algorithm that would typeset it and no. no. Now I had to do all of that by hand nope. in two days. Not yet. And, um, no AI for that yet. I actually really enjoyed typesetting. Cool. I found if I, if I ever through some strange twist of fate end up working for a publishing company, mm-hmm. I would love to work as a typesetter. It That's was great. a lot of fun. That's pretty great. By the end of those two days where I was typesetting my own book, I was exhausted because <laughs> uh, I was doing work and then coming home, I had like... And doing more work. A couple hours maybe yeah. to unwind and eat. And then I was back at my computer with my head down. Typity type, 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 type. To the wee hours of the morning. Oh, gosh. And I, I feel like it was worth it. I gained a lot of experience. I Yeah. I, I am proud of the, the product. It's... I mean, it's got some mistakes, but it was my first time typesetting, so yeah. I'm I, I'm pleased with the result. Everybody has a first, right? There's there's mm-hmm. one has got to be the first. You gotta pick yeah. one to be the first, so yeah. might as well. I right? will say, um, I wish I'd given myself more time. Yeah, two days is a little intense. I two had days is a little intense. You don't have the longest book ever. No, right? No. If you really and... wanted to torture yourself, you could have picked a longer one. Right. But like, two days is intense. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
And again, I really enjoyed it. I had I have this problem where I get in my head. Mm-hmm. I have this deadline, and I need to hit it by this deadline. Yeah. And I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it. And it had already been pushed back so many times, it wouldn't have mattered. No. But I, I felt like that was a line I didn't want to cross again, is pushing that back. Yeah, that's fair. And so, Keeping yourself, especially as a self-published author. Exactly. The only one who's really keeping you accountable is, is you. you. Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. Next time I'm giving myself more time to typeset, I'd like cool. to give myself at least a week to do that and do it probably, right. Probably, probably, um, just so your poor little <laughs> brain doesn't die. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. But it was a very fun process. That's awesome. Thank you. That's super awesome. I'm I'm so stoked for you. Thanks. So, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope all the all the aspiring writers and authors out there are having a successful NaNoWriMo so far and that maybe you can listen to this podcast and it can motivate you to not dog ear your pages and to <laughs> make sure you have hardcover, softcover, all the things in between. Have a have a good middle. And uh, don't try to typeset your whole book in two days. <laughs> oh, this is all we have time for today, guys. But we will talk at you later. Bye.